1: Hello and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Gear 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. We are here on Super Bowl Radio Row, and um, I can really think of no two better men to bring on to talk about the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas than the, uh, listen, I'll just say it, two Las Vegas legends, Steve Carp. Willie Ramirez, um, I really do love going out with these guys and talking to them about what Las Vegas used to be, and so, like, you know, it's surreal for me, for the Super Bowl being here, but I can't even imagine what it is like for these two men, um, I'm gonna start with Steve Carp. um. You know, you did a great column about the Super Bowl, like opening night in the circus that was here. You have a column coming up Friday uh, about how this happened, you know, how the Super Bowl came to be. You got some time with Mark Davis. But just sitting here, Carpy, what is it like for the Super Bowl to be in this city that when you began covering sports in Las Vegas and Jerry Tarkanian was the coach and you couldn't get a college golf tournament out here? What is it like for the Super Bowl to be here?
2: You know, it's it's like the impossible dream came true because there's no way the NFL wanted to do business with Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas was like the antichrist to the NFL and to an even greater degree, the NCAA, which, you know, four years from now, when we're over here for the final four, that's going to be really surreal. Mm-hmm. And I think Willie will agree with me because we both lived through the whole Tarkanian NCAA saga. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's okay for Vegas to host NCAA uh, events. We saw it last March, right, Willie? With the uh, Gonzaga-Yukon game for the West Regional. So it's like... The impossible dream came true.
3: I, you know, it's funny. I did a, a um, I did an interview last week, and they asked me sort of, "What is this a testament to? What is it? This a tribute to? What does this sort of who you know?" And, and I said, "This this goes beyond the NFL and their long time sort of turning their head toward Las Vegas and sports betting and so on and so forth." This right here, this whole week. Is a tribute to also Jerry Tarkanian, because he was the face of sports in Las Vegas for the longest time. Don't get me wrong, there were other, you know, components. I remember when Pele and the New York Cosmos came to Las Vegas to play the Quicksilvers. I believe it was the NASL back then, North American Soccer League. Um, there were other components. There was the start. Before there was Sonny Bacaro and 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 uh summer tournaments there was Ron Montoya and Larry McKay and Jim Allen and John Farrell starting summer basketball at Vegas high school four teams and 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 that was your tournament um, but it's a testament to Jerry Tarkanian in my opinion and also Oscar Goodman the former mayor um, because he's the one that really first brought up that there's gonna this is gonna be a pro sports town and he befriended David Stern and he really started greasing that wheel if you will and brought the NBA all-star game and you know who else Don Logan Because the mainstay in this town in professional sports has been the AAA franchise. And when you have a guy who's entrenched in baseball but can single-handedly find his fingerprints on a lot of the other things that have taken place for consulting or being on executive boards, Don Logan's a very big name in this town as well. It's a testament to guys like that from back in the day that really have meant something. And and I could go above and beyond for the old-school listeners, the Bilbo Beers, the Roger Fairlesses, Lanny Littlefields, I mean, the the coaches from Gorb, the Gerber brothers, those guys that produced young pro athletes in football and baseball like Greg Maddox, so on and so forth, right, that went on to play in professional sports, that sort of kept just kind of chiming that bell, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew, and here we are. So it's a testament to the foundation of sports in Las Vegas and those names that meant something
1: Back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And again, this will be a a big topic of conversation four years from now when we get the tournament here. But just as, you know, having covered uh, Jerry Tarkanian and being as close to him, I mean, what, what do you think if the Shark was around to see this scene, the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is here. And then again, four years from now, the Final Four and the NCAA champion will be crowned in Las Vegas. What do you think he would think of all of this?
2: Well, for the Super Bowl, you'd be thinking about how can he get a ticket <laughs> to the game. For the Final Four, you would like to think if he were around the NCA would honor him at Allegiant Stadium that day, on Saturday night, or even on Monday night for the championship game. And <clears throat> he would honestly not be that surprised, because when he was hired at UNLV, he believed in Las Vegas. He thought that it could really be a major player in college sports. Pro sports really didn't have a, a foothold. The, the city was simply too small at the time But, you know, Willie, who grew up here and, and grew with the city, I came here in 1988, you know, Willie was still a young lad then, But he has seen it grow, you know, not only just from a sports perspective, but just the way the whole city's mindset is. I mean, Willie will tell you about how when Steve Wynn built Mirage in 1988, 89, it was about trying to attract families and trying to take a step back from when the mob was running the city. And, you know, now we've kind of come... Not full circle with the mob, obviously, but with adults being a primary target for the LVCVA Las Vegas Convention Visitors Authority, and sports is a way that you almost can do both. You know, I've got I've got nephews who have kids, and like they want to come out to see the Golden Knights. They want to come see the Raiders, even though they don't root for those teams. But they think it's kind of cool that Las Vegas has this sort of stuff. I mean, you go to a WNBA game. Willie really goes to every Aces game. You can see Vegas. Willie, really tell me if I'm wrong. You can see Vegas exemplified
3: in the crowd at an Aces game. There, you know what's funny is, Steve. I think you can attest to this. It's it, when you go to a WNBA game. You feel as if you are at the Thomas and Mack in nineteen eighty eight. Gucci Row. Anybody happen to, on any given night, and, and I've been telling this story the last week. People have been asking me, are there poignant moments in my career that stand out in where let's just say this game comes down to a field goal or last like like how was this compared to big moments in my career? I believe, Steve, this was in nineteen 1990- ninety. No, it was late 80s. The University of Alabama Birmingham Blazers were in town. Gene Bartow was coaching. Freddie Banks hits a game-winning shot on a Tuesday. 18-5, standing room only, absolutely ballistic. Like Shea Theodore hitting that game-winning shot opening season with .7 seconds against the Lightning. Like Chandler Jones running the ball back on that freak play against the Patriots and Allegiant going nuts. Thomas and Mack was that vibrant on a Tuesday in 88. And hours later, we were all at Tramps on Flamingo and Arville in the nightclub, including the Running Rebels. So it's the same way with WNBA. It's like, you know this, uh, Arash, it's like old school Sunday night Laker games. That was an event. That wasn't a game. You put your best suit on. You put your best clothes on. It was a party. It was a nightclub. It was popping. What's it's become with the WNBA? You know, I mean, every single pro, every single pro sports team in Las Vegas has found its own niche in how to deliver an event. The Raiders with the NFL experience, the Golden Knights with the entertainment, right from the, from season one, and the WNBA in gobbling up that NBA vibe in its own real feel with the personalities too. You know what's fun about
2: going to the WNBA? You can take your 8-, 9-, 10-year-old daughter and not worry about being offended by anything. You know, you could have a a lesbian couple sitting right next to you, holding hands, and it's no problem. I mean, the WNBA has done a really good job of inclusion. And, you know, this city has grown so much over the decades that we've attracted just about every kind of person you could imagine. You know, we, we've got a huge Latino community, obviously. We have a huge Asian community. We have a, a vibrant LGBTQ community. We've got, you know, Jewish people, Muslim people, Christians. It's, it's really an amazing melting pot And the Aces are the ones that kind of exemplify it. They're, to me, Willie, they are the true Vegas team in that sense. Because, first of all, football is very expensive. We all know that the Raiders have the most expensive ticket in the entire NFL. So going to a Raider game is pretty much cost prohibitive for a good portion of the community. And to a lesser extent, the Golden Knights are that way. Plus, hockey... As popular as it has become here, it still trails basketball by a mile. The day we get our NBA team here, Arash, Willie, they will serve
1: right to the top in terms of uh, popularity. You know, and, and, and you brought that up, and I thought it was such a poignant point from you because I said wow like the Vegas Golden Knights are so popular and it's the National Football League but when the NBA does come here and it will come here it will be an expansion team and Vegas loves that that this will be their team and that here's where Willie's right
2: this will be Jerry Tarkanian's legacy the NBA coming here as a franchise that's when it'll be you know Come in full circle with sports in this
3: city. And I uh, you know, I mentioned earlier about the, the foundation of of summer basketball, Ron Montoya, Larry McKay, Jim Allen, John Farrell. Um, you know, when they started that Nike tournament in the early eighties, the Nike invitational, Vicaro brought it here and, and they ran that and it ended up being at the South Gym. Um, I'll never forget when Vicaro had his falling out with Nike, he comes back in nineteen ninety five, Arash. He says, I was working for USA Today at the time, writing for USA Today. He says, I came back to put the Nike Invitational out of business, and I am going to bring the Adidas big-time tournament. And that was supposed to be the year of the big man, Lester Earl, Tim Thomas out of Patterson, New Jersey. They just left the ABCD camp in Teaneck, New Jersey. Little did anybody know that someone who stole the show in this individual ABCD camp was this swing guard out of Lower Merion, Pennsylvania as a junior, and he was coming here to steal the lights. And I got the chance to shadow him all week for USA Today and the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I was working for the state's only black newspaper at the time, Las Vegas Sentinel Voice. The week after shadowing Kobe Bryant is when I got my j- job offer to work for the Review-Journal full-time. So for me... Um, There are a lot of, it's not just about Kobe Bryant, but career-wise, that that was a turning point for me, but there are a lot of names that Steve and I can go over that have been in the Reebok Holiday Prep Classic, the the Adidas Big Time, which turned into the Reebok Big Time, to now the Gorman Tournament, the original Nike Invitational. Guys that have been here that set the standard, again, they help lay the foundation for what sports is known as here in Las Vegas today. It's not just about... Oscar bringing the NBA All-Star Game. It's not just about the outdoor hockey game that Steve covered at Caesars Palace, the first outdoor game. Um, it's not just about that. It's about all those other trailblazers in this town. And yes, when the NBA gets here, it's going to be a crowning achievement because the very first love, the very first affair, the very first attraction was Jerry Tarkanian, the UNLV Running Rebels, the Hard Way 8, and that con- and the rotunda in the
1: Las Vegas Convention Center. Yeah. I mean it it that, that's how I fell in love with Las Vegas in terms of it being a sports town and by the way as we sit here next to the Shark Aquarium maybe the Las Vegas Sharks has a good name for the the NBA uh, team that comes here. Uh we're we're going to come back after break but I do want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um Cause a lot of people bring this up that, that don't normally come to Las Vegas when the All-Star game was held here, the NBA All-Star game in 2007. Where was Vegas in terms of it being a sports professional sports town and how much did that push back the date? Again, 2017, it does become the home of its first professional major professional sports team. Um, how close were they in 2007 and how much did that event or what happened? push that date back I guess and you know some well I think you have to differentiate the NBA
2: all-star game into two things what happened inside the Thomas and Mac Center which was fine and what happened outside the Thomas and Mac Center which was not fine and unfortunately the narrative was it wasn't safe to come here you had gangbangers from L.A. taking over the city, which wasn't true. There were a couple of incidents, yes. But what really hurt the city in terms of growing as a sports community was the recession. They were going to build an arena behind valleys of Paris with the idea of bringing the NHL to Vegas. Even though the market size was still, what was it, in the 50s back in 2007? 2008, it wasn't high. You know, we're only 40th, Rosh. Yeah. All right. But had the recession not hit, they build the arena, they would have been a team long before the Golden Knights. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you have forces beyond your control that wind
3: up dictating what happens, right? Yeah. And I, and I you know, it's funny. I want to touch upon that, you know, what Steve's touched you know, the the antics that took place out. That always bothers me when the NBA All-Star game comes up and, and they talk about that, the Alvin Kamara incident recently. I mean, you know what? When there's no pro sports event, when there's no boxing match, when there's nothing, I guarantee you, if anybody wants to go to the Clark County Justice and pull up court records and jail records for the last 24 hours, I'm sure that there were fights on the strip and people were brought downtown, and booked every single weekend. Not just here, but how about, let's go check Phoenix, let's go check uh, Tulsa, LA, any city. So I don't want to hear that the NBA All-Star Game was the reason of it. The problem was is it's in the spotlight. It happened on NBA All-Star. Show we're going to bring it up. okay? God forbid we bring up the Henry Ruggs in it. RIP Tina Tintor. But the bottom line is, the Raiders are still going, the NFL's... And now we have a Super Bowl here. So... The incident that took, there's incidents all the time, but when they come around a, a, a highly publicized event, it's going to stand out. So it's not fair to, as you said, put the black eye on Las Vegas. It just, you, you gotta, you gotta remove that black eye. No shiner for the, for this town because of that. And so I think we are well represented and I think we're representing well when it comes to pro, pro sports with the three of the five majors, I do call the WNBA now a major, absolutely.
1: With the headlines, it it it, it captivates. Yeah. It, it's, um, did I always push back on that too? And you're 100% right, Willie. Like, things happen in this world when there's not a sports event. And uh I think people wanted to, you know, have a reason to knock Vegas, but but Vegas has grown so much since then. Um, and it is now the, the epicenter, at least this region, certainly that we cover here at the Sporting Tribune. And when I thought about, you know, what I wanted to do, like I, I didn't want to just cover Los Angeles. I didn't want to just cover Southern California. Obviously I split my time. I love Las Vegas. I love Los Angeles. But when you look at all the big sporting events coming in the United States, and these are global events, right? you got to talk about the World Cup, um, all the games that are going to be happening there at SoFi Stadium. Uh, you talk about the Super Bowl happening here. And then in a couple more years, we'll be back at SoFi. And as I reported at the Sporting Tribune, the league is, is is it's basically like a done deal. Vegas is now part of that rotation where we, you know, we don't know when it's going to come back. But it's in that Miami, uh, New Orleans, you know, it, 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 you know, you know, like every 10 years, you're going to get at least one, perhaps more. They love the footprint. They love the fact that it's, uh, you know, walkable. You know, it, it's one of those cities, as you guys well know. I mean, you guys live here. But um, Las Vegas is a city that when you fly in, you take that lift or whatnot tram to get to your hotel. That's pretty much it. You can basically walk around like New Orleans, um, you know. You know, the media hotels at the Luxor and everyone wants to knock that. I stayed there last night. It's fine, folks. And by the way, $45 last night. You can't beat that. I've I've covered enough Super Bowls to know that even on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, that rate during Super Bowl week is over $200. All right. I want to get you guys back on this if you guys have time because I think every professional league is seeing what's happening here and they want to come here. Vegas, I got to give them credit. They're not just going to bend over backwards. Major League Baseball wants to come here. And it's not that Vegas doesn't want Major League Baseball. I don't think they want the Oakland A's. I don't think they want John Fisher. I don't think they like that location where the Tropicana is. Uh, so I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that because a lot of people are talking about that this week. So we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable.
1: 400 All right, we're back here live on Radio Row, Super Bowl Radio Row. And I really wanted to kind of set the scene of, you know, what is it like for this world to be here in Las Vegas? And really, Las Vegas becoming the hottest professional sports destination. And I say that because every professional sports league wants to be here. Major League Baseball is presumably next. However, we got some uh, news this week that Carol Goodman did a uh, I don't think she wants the A's, but I think Stephen, I'll let you describe. I mean, I I think she's happy to have Major League Baseball, but she wants everything downtown. What is what? How would you describe Las Vegas's relationship with Major League Baseball? And they're wanting a franchise here. It's awkward
2: to use a simple word because the politics of the community are such that Carolyn Goodman has no standing with the A's move to Las Vegas because where they want to build the stadium at the Tropicana Hotel is in in unincorporated Clark County, which means the Clark County Commission, not the city of Las Vegas, not Carolyn Goodman, they will decide how this thing plays out in the long term. So, you know, she wanted to bring MLS to Vegas downtown. She wanted the Raiders to play downtown and build a stadium near the Smith Center. And now, of course, she was hoping that baseball, they could have maybe redone Cashford Field and, you know, knock it down, rebuild it, which would have been a horrible idea, by the way. But yet better than the idea of playing right on the strip, if you're a Las Vegan, a Southern Nevadan, a person who lives here, forget about John Fisher being a jerk and a skinflint and a guy who doesn't give a rat's ass about winning. I'm talking about Willie, who lives up in Centennial area, me, who lives in Summerlin, even you, who lives near the strip. Over on Sahara, how the hell are we get in this place, Willie? Are we jumping on the monorail, you and I, and walking across from the MGM? I mean, to me, this could have been a worse place.
3: Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I don't like the location whatsoever. I think, I think it's going to co- cause. I mean, we—they're we still trying to figure out in time. I think they're just now figuring out, and we're seeing in the seventh season of the Golden Knights on Frank Sinatra Drive. Trouble with construction. Then you had F one come in and disrupt things. Now with the Super Bowl, I mean, there are just a lot of things that are taking place right now um, that are causing disruptions when it comes to traffic. Um, thankfully, as us media members, we can get into Allegiant four hours before kickoff or um, three hours before puck drop or you know three hours before tip off with the WNBA. But for the public on the strip on TROP in Las Vegas Boulevard. Are you kidding me right now? Um, I've always wondered why there's plenty of, of like, what if, if they could negotiate with the government for BLM land way out by the speedway, the speedway gets over a hundred thousand people. If the fans are going to go, I've always said this, you could put the stadium wherever in reality, if the fans are in place, they're going to go to the game. If they want to go to the game, they're going to go, regardless of where it's at. And I got news for you. If you put it on the outskirts of town, they're probably more likely going to be apt to going because they don't have to deal with traffic or driving into Las Vegas. It's gotten to the point where I've had people ask me, Ross, you've asked me before pre-Sporting Tribune, hey, I'm going to be in town. Are you coming down? And I've told you, I've said this to Carp, i said this to you. I've gotten to the point in my life and my career I'm not driving into town unless I'm getting paid. I don't, I mean, I, I remember being able to drive up and down the strip in about 10 minutes. So now it takes you 10 minutes just to get from the back of the line at a red light to the new red light. Oh, and then then we can hit the green light. I mean, so it's it's brutal. Um, seems right. There's there a lot of people don't realize that. Like the mayor of any town is always invited to bring a key to the city, cut the ribbon, but the city of Las Vegas cuts off at a certain point on North Las Vegas Boulevard, just beyond the Sahara, right by by you know where you're at. Um, so that was Carolyn's husband, Oscar. His big thing back in the day was revitalization of downtown. She's carried that and continued to carry that torch. Wanted to revitalize downtown, and they wanted to build. They, they wanted recently wanted to do some at Cashman Field site to, uh, where the where the uh, aviators are uh, used to playing. But here's the problem. <laughs> The A's think
2: that they're going to generate attendance of revenue from tourists, from people who have to come in for a trade show, a convention, and they're going to come to watch the A's play the Royals on Tuesday night when it's 115 degrees out? Why would you possibly leave your air-conditioned hotel to walk four blocks to this ballpark which may or may not have a roof, they still haven't told us what the real plan is. I mean, the whole thing has been done ass-backwards. It's just, that's plain and simple, the God's honest truth, okay? And
1: that's why this thing is not going to work. Um, describe the significance of having a team that was born here again. The Vegas Golden Knights have really, you know, the hashtag Vegas born. I do think, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the Raiders are not Vegas's team. You touched on the cost and I've written about that. I mean, it is the opposing fans place. I mean, you know, and again, it makes sense. If you're a Green Bay Packers fan or a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and we saw what happened at those particular games, you're circling that date and you're going to that game. By the way, I've seen this happen at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, but a part of it, I, I do think if Vegas had a, a like an expansion team, I think there would be more a connection when you go around Allegiant stadium it's the history of the oakland raiders and the los angeles raiders i don't think one of the reasons that they don't want like a team they don't want the oakland athletics right and so what is the significance of having a team that is vegas born well first of
3: all your transience are built in. You, you got people. I always get a kick out of people going, no, I've been, I'm a long time Las Vegas and they've been here since 2004. I'm like, no, 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 you're not a long time Las Vegas. I've been here since 1972. I'm a long time Las Vegas, but there is a sense of pride and ownership when you live in this town that this is our town. This is a special town. I'm not taking anything away from Scottsdale or, you know, Fargo, North Dakota, but this is a, a very unique and special town. So there's, there's a certain part of ownership to Las Vegas. Um, when you're talking about pro sports teams and, and what they built as far as the, uh, the Golden Knights from scratch, right? The Las Vegas Aces came from San Antonio, but it was a rebuilt, uh, brand completely built, made over, right? The Raiders, as you mentioned, come here. They're a built-in NFL brand. When you think of the NFL, you think Cowboys, you think Steelers, you think Raiders, you think of the traditional teams that we knew growing growing up, like Steve and I, right? With baseball, I've actually made this suggestion. Bring the Oakland A's here. Okay, fine, but you're going to have to redo everything. And I even came up with a marketing strategy. Call them. I know that there was the New Orleans Zephyrs. Call them the Las Vegas Zs. Go with a black and white scheme. Zephyrus was a Greek god known for the west wind. What do we have here in Vegas if we don't have rain? We have hot winds, wind storms. right? You have the Greek god. Who, he was jealous over the love of his life and the god that she was with, and he, he he blew them away with this hot wind from the west. Las Vegas Z's. And you know what the slogan could be? We've gone from A to Z. The Las Vegas Z's. So I think the only way it's going to work as far as being accepted is rebranding or, like you said, starting your own. Why? Because this is a very prideful town. It is a town of ownership. It is a town of this is ours. And it doesn't help any team that's coming here that the Golden Knights did what they did in the inaugural season because that sort of just mm, stapled what could be done with a brand new team and, and, a, and, a, and a community that to embrace that. So, and, and it go, and, and let's not forget, we go back to the runner rebels. That was, that's a, that was a very unique team, right? Teams that were scoring over a hundred points, the amoeba defense. That was a very original team. That was their college basketball team. So same type of thing. Steve, you know, the the branding
2: is important, but if the A's were run properly, we wouldn't even be having the conversation. Okay. So. If you're going to rebrand the A's into whatever you want to call them, Willie, the Las Vegas Z's, all right? The fact remains, you got an owner who's not willing to spend money to put a competitive team on the field. Ultimately, the reason the Aces have succeeded here was Mark Davis invested in this league, in this franchise. He paid his coach a million dollars to coach. They drafted well. They've got really good people for the most part in their front office who know the game. And Natalie Williams and Jennifer Azy and and even Vars. Nick and Nicky Vargas. I mean they've got good people running their operation. And they are winning. They've won back to back titles. Who's not going to support that? Okay. The A's, I'm sorry. I know they've had success. They've been to the playoffs during John Fisher's ownership. But right now they're a ship that, that is taken on water and it's going to wind up being the Edmund Fitzgerald when it's all said and done. Unless they can find a life raft and maybe they can find somebody to
1: buy this team who's willing to invest and put the money into the franchise. This is a really beautiful thing about Las Vegas that I've noticed that I want you guys to touch on is that this town could smell a crook. I mean, there's been a lot of shady stuff that has happened in this city's history. By the way, I love that uh, I uh, flew in uh, and uh, there was a Super Bowl logo and a sign for the mob museum, which is fantastic. But I, I think this city can tell if you're genuine. And I will say this about Mark Davis. I have seen him at multiple locations, and you guys have as well. Like dining by himself. I mean, I've seen him at Circa, I've seen him at the South Point, I've seen him at other places, at Westgate, Piero's exactly He loves Piero. So, you know, he's in the community. You can say that about Bill Foley. Steve, you you know Bill Foley well. You talked to Mark Davis uh during the Super Bowl um Opening night. Um, no one in Oakland, by the way, has ever like really talked to John Fisher. Like, and so they're amazed that he's actually shown his face here a couple of times. How important is it to be of the community? To to, to be like, listen, I'm not just trying to take your money and bring my team here. Like, I am here because I love Las Vegas and I want to be a part of this community. Again, I- I'll go
3: back to what I said at the first part of the show. Is it goes back to the foundation of sports in Las Vegas. All those names I mentioned that helped bring sports and lay the foundation in the late seventies, early eighties, nineties. They were all in the community. They were known to be the, I, I talked about the Freddie Bank shot and hours later, the running rebels were at Tramps nightclub. You can't get, you can't get athletes out these days, especially college athletes in a club and without, you know, social media blowing them up. It's always been a part of Las Vegas is that. If you are, and, and that goes with entertainment. I mean, let's, 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 let's pivot for a moment and remember what this town was built on, where the Rat Pack, when Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin would cut their show short, if they looked at that, it was going long so they could get to the top of the dunes and watch Bobby Anderson, the celebrity, the first celebrity impersonator before there was Danny Gans, they would race to the top of the dunes. They would cut their show short so they could get to the Sahara and watch Don Rickles. Sitting with the public, sitting in the lounges. It's always been a part of this town like that, whether it's been entertainment or sports. Now you're seeing it with the owners. She's so absolutely correct. Mark Davis has become a man of this community. His father's dream was to come to Las Vegas. He loved it. And now he's here. Bill Foley, same thing. Very big part of this community. So yes, Fisher wants to be a part of this community. He better pony up some money because I got news for you. $50 million bankroll for the entire roster when Shohei's got a base salary of $75 million by himself. He better start buying into his players. He better start paying and getting some talent. And he better figure out, he better talk to Don Logan and figure out how to become a part of this community. Well, he has. He has talked to Logan.
2: So is David Cavill. I'm not sure they're listening when Logan tells them what what is going on. Okay, so if they don't want to listen to the guy who built baseball in this city, well what hope is there for it to work? See, this is what gets me going.
3: Don't get carp (laughs)
2: everyone wants to bring it here, but they don't necessarily want to do it the right way. And that's why it won't work. All right? Foley did it the right way. Mark Davis did it the right way with the aces after he bought it from MGM, which, you know, started, you know, with the makeover. Let's give the MGM folks credit for having the foresight because they were hoping that bringing a WNBA team to Vegas would eventually lead to them getting an NBA team. But they're just not, they just weren't, the timing wasn't right. You know, to bring an NBA franchise here. Now it is. And when the Ophiuch group and Tim build their arena and casino and hotel out by Blue Diamond Road, a mile or so from the Bright Line high speed rail, that's when we'll know it's the right time. And I trust, I guarantee you guys that. If Miriam Adelson decides she wants to have the team in Vegas, she'll divest herself of the Dallas Mavericks. She will have made a nice little chunk, chunk of change in that transaction. She will put together a consortium, maybe including your guy Shaq, maybe LeBron, maybe the Malouf family as uh, partners. And I guarantee you. It will work. And because Adam is the best commissioner in sports. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I know one thing. He's not going to rush into anything if it's a bad deal. Rob Manfred is rushing into a bad
1: deal. He really is. You know, and, and it's amazing. You know, we, we all know, I think it'll come right after this new TV contract from the NBA. Once that is settled, whether it's 2025, 26, um, Maybe they, they might have to play a couple of years at T-Mobile, which is not a problem. And again, it was built for both professional teams. How important, last question before we get you guys out of here. Uh, you know, has said he wants to be involved. Again, he lives here part-time. LeBron, LeBron has been very specific. I found this fascinating. For a man who could do whatever he wants post-career, he's been very specific. I don't want to just own a team. I don't want to just own an MVT. I want to be a part of the team in Las Vegas. He really does truly love Las Vegas, and you've covered him for a while. Really, why does LeBron and how important is it for LeBron to be a part of that group? I guess.
3: Well, I think he loves Las Vegas because of, you know, he's, he's been, it's, it's sort of the home away from home when the season's not been right because of USA basketball. Um, the weather, the temperature, just, just the things he's befriended Asia Wilson. He sees. I think he sees how Mark Davis treats his players. He sees the love that the WNBA gets. He sees the potential with the NBA Summer League. But I'm going to throw a name at you, and I don't think he's going to spearhead it. But I would not be surprised if if we see an NBA ownership coalition. Boogie Cousins is a major resident in this town. He's out in public. He goes out to the restaurants. He hangs out. He shakes hands. He's very humble. And I've interviewed him before at Aces games. I've interviewed lots of guys after LeBron made that statement about bringing an NBA team to Vegas. And they've all said, I want it. Matt Barnes with the, all the, all the smoke podcasts, we talked to him about. They also, but Boogie would not, it would not surprise me if there's a conglomerate of NBA players that brings a team to Vegas. I was highly disappointed years ago. I thought New Orleans Pelicans were coming because when the old man died, I heard that they sort of gave up on everything else. The Saints was all they wanted, but. Anyway, I'd love to see a new franchise.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just a question of if Miriam Allison wants to be the primary owner, she will be. Because she has the wherewithal to do it. And if she wants to take on someone like LeBron James, I'm sure she'll think it through very carefully. And perhaps it does work that way. You'll still need a good GM. Yeah, You're going to need a George McFee, Kelly McGriffen-type guy to run things.
1: So we'll see what happens. But Steve brings up a great point because it, you, you have to have the money player in this, you know, with all due respect to LeBron and Shaq. I mean, this will be a, uh, north of two billion, I mean, probably three to four billion dollar franchise. Uh, so LeBron, Shaq, some of these other guys could be, um, you know, could have a stake in the team. But Miriam Adelson or someone like that is going to have to be the major uh, majority. And again, she doesn't have to get that vetted. That's already happened. She already owns the Dallas Mavericks. So she wants to move on from that, again, she could uh, make a nice profit there and then uh have the team in Las Vegas. Well, listen, I mean, this was such a pleasure to have Steve Karp, Willie Ramirez, Las Vegas Legends. So blessed to have them a part of the Sporting Tribune. And again, uh, you can catch all of our uh, content at the SportingTribune.com. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe.